Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And he takes the snap. Back to throw. Under pressure. Avoids the rush. And he's going to fight out of it. Still fights out of it. Now throws it deep downfield. Wide open Tyree who takes the pass. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, didn't get any money tonight. I threw like 50 down on five different same-game parlays. Keenan Mitchell, Keaton Mitchell, whoever... Didn't have enough rushing rushing yards. Uh, Mark Andrews exiting the game. And then you've got guys like Rashad Bateman scoring the touchdowns. Gus Edwards with two touchdowns. I need his day flowers to cook, man. Come on. Three receptions, 43 yards. I had him at five receptions. I had the over on his yardage. But whatever. Um, Lamar Jackson got me 30 points in fantasy. Yeah, I really do think that this is the year for the Ravens to try and get to the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. The Bengals aren't there. They're not going to they're not going to be there. The Bills aren't going to be there. The Chiefs, of course, we expect them to be there. But you know, Lamar Jackson famously said on draft night, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. And then last year, we watched the Ravens get to the playoffs with Tyler Huntley and Lamar didn't play for weeks, resting up his knee. And we weren't sure if Lamar was going to leave or not, not be there. I mean, I had some nights where I was saying, hey, if you can get Lamar Jackson to be the quarterback of the Jets, <laughs> they paid him and he stayed. Big trust, big flock gang. They got something going on in Baltimore, man. If they can stay healthy, it sucks to see uh, Mark Andrews go down like that, especially with, with that kind of tackle, but. Yeah, anywho, 877-337-6666. We'll get into the conversation around Thursday Night Football going into week 11, a great slate of games. I think this is going to be a wild week, especially for for the gamblers. Like, uh, My advice to you is not to bet, uh, but if you do bet, bet responsibly. And if you bet this week, anything goes. Get crazy. Put together some ridiculous parlays. They could hit. They could happen. Young Josh and Pasek leading off. What's up, Josh? Hey, kid. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling. So he had first with the uh, Ravens. Do you think they proved anything tonight, even with Joe Burrow out? I think they did. I think they did. They should have won that game last week, so they bounced back on a short week at home, and they dominated. They they never trailed. Um, 
I know Burrow didn't play the game, but even if he did play, uh, I, I think they would have been in control. I mean, if you look at all their games, they really could be undefeated. All the games they lost, they that's could easily have won. They just lost in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's what that's I just football. said. That is football. Any given Sunday, they have some stupid losses. They could be undefeated right now. But the Bengals, how long do you think Burrow's going to be out for? I mean, at 5-5? Five and five, Let the kid chill. But you know what it is? It's a short week here, so he'll have extra time to ice up and rest. He ain't going to miss any time. He'll be right back in, in week 12. I mean, I would hope that for T. Higgins. The key that the Nets, I mean, they played, they played okay tonight. Could have done better. Could have had better shooting from Bridges and Dinwiddie. But they have, but they did beat the Heat last time. But they they had a lot two losses against Boston and Milwaukee, and they had a game against Philly, which I think is pretty big. Shows that you could beat like a good team again because then you the schedule softens up. A drop, you have another Miami game. Mix, and then you take the West Coast trip. So The, the Nets, the Nets had this really one coming up. tonight, Josh. I wasn't too worried about this Nets game tonight. When we beat the Miami Heat, they got hot and started winning and started taking the NBA season seriously. And, um, you know, I, like I said, they had this one coming tonight. Jimmy Butler went for 36. Uh, Bam had 20. Duncan Robinson looking like Sheen had 26. And he shot like he had 10. He shot 10 threes. He hit six. Of those 10 threes, I had more eyes on the Thursday night football game than this Nets game. I did not expect them to go back to Miami and get another win. I, I think I said it the other night, I think it's crazy that they played Miami twice in Miami in a matter of like three weeks. And they got them again in another few days. But no, I just think this is a big against Philly. So I'm, not, I'm not taking too much out of this game. Right? You'd be the first time they're hot. But this really game show us that you could be a good team, and because they play competitive in all these games, just, I want them to just take a win out. Okay, it's great to see the Devils get back on board with the win, like big finally, win. big win. Need it before you face the Rangers. That was a dominant win and an impressive win by the Devils tonight, and I think it just gets them ready to go for Saturday. And the Rangers are going to have six days off, so we'll see what happens when they get on the ice in uh, in Newark. And Vanacek, though he hasn't looked good. He has looked better than Schmitz. I don't know how it's going to shake up, but I guess it's Van. No, it's Vitek. Yeah, it's, we're, we're rolling with him. We're, ro- we're rolling with him. It is what it is. I know, Okay, Thanks for taking my call. Good night. Thanks for the call, Josh. Yeah, uh, we can talk puck. Let me see. Did the Islanders end up losing to the Kraken? Oh, man. I was looking at the Devils game a little bit, and uh, the Islanders are up right now, 3-2, over the Kraken in the third period. So let's go Isles. And like I said, the Rangers have got like a bye week. They have not played since Sunday. And they're about to walk into the rivalry with the Devils at Prudential Center Saturday night. Now, tomorrow, good morning, good morning, it's Friday. Stay tuned for my Casavigo's big shot of the night. We have a condensed little two-hour KM to 2 a.m. show right here. We'll fit in as much as we can, but it's a football Friday I think football is the most important to speak on. Uh, I did see Michael Carter speak on his time with the Jets out in Arizona. Um, There's some baseball things to add with Yamamoto and Brian Cashman speaking on the whole Stanton stuff. I'm going to take another call, and then uh, I'll open up a little more. Billy's in Stamford, Connecticut. Go for it, Billy. You're on the fan. What's up, Keith? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling in. I wanted to talk about uh, Lamar and uh, and also the Bengals as well, but before before I get to the game tonight, I, um, I'm assuming you saw the thing about the the A's and 
have a stadium for the next three years before they move to LA, or to Las Vegas. Say that again. I, I I know about the Oakland A's, obviously, but what'd you say about their stadium? How they won't have a stadium? Their lease for uh, the Coliseum for next year. Yeah, and they won't be moving until twenty twenty eight. So they're going to play like a Triple A stadium or something, which I think is pretty funny considering they probably won't be able to fill that out either. In Vegas, I don't know if it's in Vegas or or like one of their Triple A affiliates, but so- something like that. I think there's a Triple A stadium in in Vegas. Um. I don't know. I did not. I did not catch that news about where they were going to play. They they can't play in the Coliseum anymore. I, I guess because their lease isn't up. I don't know if they could renew that for the next couple of years. But at least that's what I saw is that they're not going to have a stadium for the next couple of years after next year. So. Okay, I got to look into that. Um, I mean, I obviously saw that it was approved, and I saw some people sad, and the Oakland A's put out a, a statement. But uh, I did not realize that it was already decided that they would. Play. I think it was rumored last year that they would play in a AAA stadium in Vegas. I think there is a AAA stadium in Vegas. Um, I don't know if there's one in Oakland, but I'll get that information and get that squared away to speak on. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter, so I don't know exactly the validity of it. But um, getting into getting into the football game um, tonight, I just want to say, you know, you were talking about how every game that the Ravens have lost has been a um, it's been a fourth quarter, like you know they kind of blew the game and stuff. And I was wondering, like, don't you think that's a representation of, like, a good team that kind of folds in the end? Like, that's something you need in the playoffs? Like, that would be a big a big deal for them to not do that? I mean, yeah, I, they're a good team. They, they go into the fourth quarter with a lead. They lose to the Colts. They lose to the Steelers. They lose to the Browns. And I think they lost to all, um, like, I think they outgained all those teams and they lost it late off of turnovers, just not closing. So uh, they still have a few games left to make sure that they do close. But I chalk it up to it's the NFL. It's any given Sunday, the witching hour. Anybody can beat anybody. And if you relax, if you take your foot off the gas, you will get got. They could be undefeated, but they're eight and three because they went asleep, you know, fell asleep at the wheel in those games. Yeah, I definitely I, I definitely agree with you. And I go back to last year and I remember when they had that big lead in Miami and they blew that game. And I, I don't know. It, I just think that that's coaching kinda, too, right? Nobody goes at yeah. Harbaugh. They always regard exactly. him as one of the best coaches in the league, but that's coaching, right? Coach got to call timeouts. Coach got to run the ball. You you saw the yeah. emphasis tonight on running the football to close out the game. Obviously, Jake Browning wasn't going to come back and, and lead the Bengals to victory, but I think they're going to be very mindful of that down the stretch. Yeah, I think, I think this is just something that, you know, in Lamar's tenure, um, people like kind of forget about. He, he hasn't really done anything in the playoffs when they've gotten there. And um, and that's just something that we're kind of forgetting. I mean, he's having this great season, and you know, all praise to him for that. But like, we we got to remember, like, they do have problems in in those big situations. But thanks for taking the call. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, it's regular season football, and you get that stuff corrected. And you know, even with the Ravens, like, you know, they've changed personnel a bunch. Uh, J.K. Dobbins goes down. They they lose Mark Andrews tonight. Uh, this Keaton Mitchell kid emerges. OBJ was down a lot of games. Um, now he looks like he might be hurt, but if he's healthy, he's a threat. And when I look at their schedule, they have to get this right because they, they have the Chargers, the Rams. They should be able to beat the Chargers and the Rams. The Jaguars will be a test. Then they have the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Steelers. So they still have some tests. They still have some games where they will have to you know figure it out. Close the games, get right, and do what they got to do. 877-337-6666. I'll open it up 
a little bit more to the baseball fans. Obviously, Mets fans saw the news about Chris Morrell could be the centerpiece of a trade for Pete Alonso. Like, what? who is perpetuating all of this? Who is putting all this stuff out there? They're not trading. I don't know. I don't want to say they're not trading Pete Alonso because this stuff gets recorded and it'll come back to bite me. But what? Chris Morrell? I mean, he's a he's a he's a fun player for the Cubs. He's kind of burst on the scene in the last two years and made some noise. But if he's the centerpiece of the trade for Pete Alonso, what are we talking about? Like I saw that today. I'm like, why is this news? Why is this a thing? Oh, if the Cubs were open to trading, like, or if the the Mets were open to trading him, Chris Morrell would be a centerpiece. Do better. If that's a that's a non-starter, that you don't you don't start with Chris Morrell for uh, a guy that is the face of the franchise. Uh, been here for a while. Uh, one of the like last guys that has you know been through multiple regimes here with the Mets. That when he's healthy, he can hit you forty five bombs every year. Like David Stearns came out and said what he had to say. Um, I don't know, Mets fans. Tell me how you feel. I don't. I don't think Pete Alonso gets traded. Maybe it's Boris and those guys putting that out there. You know, because they they feel like oh, the Cubs will pay him. Well, the Mets can pay him, too. They have the richest owner in the sport. Speaking of the richest owner in the sport, Sal keeps talking about the Yankees and the Mets and Yamamoto and how the Mets cannot be outbid for Yamamoto. They absolutely can. You know, money can't buy you love. That's what I keep saying about Steve Cohen. We get it. He's got all the money in the world. But guys do have a preference. They do have a choice to make. They do have decisions that, you know, have more to do with just dollar amounts. If it was that simple, like, you would just buy up, like, then, you you know, Judge would have just went to the Padres for $400 million versus the $360 million that the Yankees offered him. It's it's not that, you know. Yamamoto, they're talking about, favors the pinstripes, the iconic brand, the global brand. Brian Cashman went to see him throw a no-hitter and save the ticket stub. Maybe there's some type of affinity there. Speaking of Brian Cashman, Cashman... Is sleeping outside in Times Square right now for the 13th year. It's the uh, Covenant House um, sleep out in honor of Youth Homelessness Awareness Month. And, you know, I don't, as much as I talk about Brian Cashman and, and, and how disappointed I am with Brian Cashman, I don't ever make jokes about this. I feel like Yankees Twitter ODs with this, like him in the sleeping bag, like, wake up, Cash, make a move. Like, you guys understand what he's doing. Like, he's done this for 13 years, sleeping outside, and it's it's to help people. It's to help youth facing homelessness in New York City, in, like, an area. Like, that's a real issue here. Um, I don't know. People people just, like, don't separate baseball and their fandom and, you know, wanting Corey Seager and Bryce Harper from the fact that this guy is doing this for charity, to raise awareness. There's a bunch of... News and media people going out there to cover it, and I'm covering it as well. I got the media, um, the little media email about it going down. And uh, I'll say this, you know, they just showed him on SNY talking about John Carlos Stanton, and he spoke highly of Stanton. And I said this, I said this online, and I said this on air, right? Because when this quote came out, I'm like, this is something that he said in the GM meetings. But when you take the quote itself out of all the things he said, when you take that quote out of context, it reads like an insult. Like, I think I replied to Talking Yanks with that, and a bunch of people, you know, liked the tweet and whatever. And I'm like, I'm, but I'm not saying he's trying to insult Brian Cashman. But when you read that quote 
where Cashman says getting hurt is part of his game. When you say getting hurt is part of somebody's game, that, that sounds like an insult. Getting hurt is not a part of anyone's game, right? Hitting home runs is part of Giancarlo Stanton's game. Hitting lefties is part of Giancarlo Stanton's game. Um, but I think Cashman cleared that up. I think this will all blow over. I think Stanton is one of the most thick-skinned Yankees we have. And uh, he, he said, he's like, you know, Stanton is one of the guys that never backs down. And uh, you bring him to New York. And he talked about the fact that he's faced everything. And then Cashman went on to say that he's got a ton of respect for John Carlos Stanton as a player and his agent, Joel Wolf because his agent is Yamamoto's agent. And do you remember the time? You remember Tanaka time? I'm starting to get that feeling. It's about to be Yamamoto the Yankee time. The long jean Zulu spirit time. Yo, I really think that with Yamamoto coming through at 25, this phenom wanting to be a Yankee. And, you know, yeah, we need a bat. We need hitting. The Yankees can't hit. But, yo, like, I, I, we didn't get the overlap of Tanaka and Cole as two aces. Really, it was like playoff Tanaka. We, we all love Tanaka. He was the guy. And then he was gone. And then, you know, they had to get Cole because CC was done and we didn't really have anyone else. But man, if you can bring Yamamoto in here at 25 with Garrett Cole, who is the best pitcher in the AL, just won a Cy Young at age 33, you might have a strong one-two punch right here where you guys watch postseason baseball, a one-two punch for starting pitchers can get you pretty far. You might need a third or fourth guy, but one, two uh, is, is a pretty good start. So I'm starting to dream. I've been trying to chill. I've been trying to be more positive on the Yankees. I'm hoping it's Yamamoto time. 877-337-6666. Glaber Torres has been promoting his new um, vlog on his YouTube channel called The Glayway. And if you follow Glaber Torres on social media like I do, he's been previewing it and showing clips. And there's a lot of clips that show him with Gio Urshela. And I think we all knew that they were buddy-buddy, best friends. Um, I remember a video that went viral on Yankees Twitter of, you know, like Gio Urshela on the street in New York and Glaber coming to pick him up and they were driving to the stadium. They are good friends. They're they're good buddies, Venezuelans. And um, Cashman broke them up, you know. Cashman traded Gio Urshela away and got in front of cameras and said, Gio Urshela is great, but he's no Josh Donaldson. Excuse me, say what? At this point, Gio actually had a better season last season than Josh Donaldson. He got hurt this season. But, man, when I see Gio and Glaber together, I, I, I felt like Cashman made moves last year to break up the buddy-buddy, the uh, you know, BFFs in the clubhouse to make it more serious. You bring Donaldson in and you send Gio out, that removes Glaber's best friend on the team. And then that puts Josh Donaldson in the clubhouse with your AL Cy Young winner the season after he called him out for the spider stuff, sticky stuff thing. I don't know what Cash was thinking with all that, bros. But are they going to trade Glaber Torres or not? I don't think they're in a position to trade Glaber Torres because he's their second best hitter outside of Judge. And you don't have any other bats. And it seems right now that you're most likely um, going to you know, make Yamamoto your big signing for this offseason. I'm fine with that. I don't know if they're going to be able to land... Juan Soto, I don't know if they're going to pay 
Cody Bellinger what he wants. So probably try and finesse a Manuel Margot trade. I don't know. I don't even want to talk about that. But 877-337-6666 if you want to talk Yanks, Yamamoto, Glaber Torres, or Chris Morrell, Pete Alonzo, uh, Yamamoto to the Mets. If Steve Cohen's just going to put another $50 million on top of whatever the Yankees do. But, like, let's not act like the Yankees are broke. I think people are forgetting that. Like, they, when the Yankees want a guy, they go get him. And the Yankees have the power to put a guy in a room, show him some things, and say, here's the deal. And you don't leave here without signing that deal. If you want to be with us, you're with us. And I think that's what's going to happen with Yamamoto. I saw he was actually golfing with Lars Newtbar, one of the best names in baseball, St. Louis Cardinal, who played for Team Japan. Um, other than that, this Carissa, Carissa Thompson story, I'll hit it quickly because um, I just really think it just blew up and it's because of the cancel culture on social media and it's also a layer of the women in sports thing on social media. It's all social media driven. Um, so with Carissa Thompson going on, and I think we have the audio, maybe we'll play it because I know people haven't heard it, but with her going on part of my take with Big Cat from Barstool, and basically saying that when she did her sideline reports at halftime or during the game or whatever, that a lot of times the coaches did not want to talk to her. Stop right there. That's the first issue, right? She is a part of the broadcast. She is a media member. These coaches have to speak with her. I understand these coaches are in the heat of the moment, heat of battle. They don't They don't want to. But someone should be pulling these coaches aside to say, hey, can you give her a word? She shouldn't have been in a position where she felt like she had to embellish. She shouldn't have been in a position where she felt like she had to fill time. And this was years ago now, folks. This wasn't recent. Um, I feel I feel a certain type of way about the whole women in sports thing um, because I felt like a lot of the women that do this sideline reporting came out today to say, this is wrong, this is terrible, this is going against the integrity, I can't believe she would say this. Like, like people were like basically calling for her to get fired over this. But I think what she was saying, also, if you listen to what she's saying, she would just add things that no one could challenge her on, that, that a coach wouldn't, you know, like she said that. Nobody would say, I'm lying. No one would, like, check me on this. Like, okay, if a team's struggling on third down, she would say, yeah, we, you know, we got to be better on third down. We got to rush the passer. Um, we we got to clean up the penalties. You know, she just added some filler words where, yes, I understand. Like I said, this this brought me back to, like, uh, you know, going back to college and you learn about media law and media ethics and, and you know, the power of the media and the integrity of the media and she's undermining that or whatever. But at the same time, I can't tell you one of these sideline reports that I've ever heard. I can't recall one. I can't go back and, and think of one that I was like, oh, wow, they gave us a Really good nugget there. I can't wait to watch the second half. So this is much about nothing in my opinion. Um, I do feel bad for her because her name's trending and it's been trending all day. And I think she just got into a comfortable setting on a podcast, not realizing that, like, hey, these podcasts are basically television. They're going to reach everybody. This clip is going to go viral, viral, because it's basically you lying about uh, or basically you admitting that you were lying about what you were reporting and you can't do that in the media. You can't do that in a position. We we can't do that in any. You can't come on WFAN and make up a story. You can't go on TV and make up a story. But I don't think she made up a, a story. I think she embellished to fill time. I think she was young in her career. I think she just wanted to uh, be able to fill that airtime with with something. And it's unfortunate that she admitted that she could not get um, 
enough out of the coaches. She couldn't get the coaches to really give her answers all the time. And we've seen a lot of these coaches, they want to get to the locker room. They want to break down the X's and O's. They want to talk to their players. They don't want to talk to the TV. They also don't want to talk to these reporters and give anything away. So I think it's just it's just a lot of the cancel culture that we deal with, right? People, oh, this is terrible. Oh, my God. I can't believe she she did that. Like, you relax. You do not remember. You don't, you know, I saw Funhouse um, came, out, came out with like, okay, you know, we went and digged up or dug up some of her halftime hits and some of her sideline reporting. And I jokingly was like, oh, I don't know what to believe now. Who cares? Who cares? It did not affect you in the game and it doesn't affect you now. Uh, but people are piling on. And I just I always feel bad when someone is getting attacked like that on social media. It's like, man, I, it's like I, you can't even look at your phone. And I saw on the broadcast tonight, she seemed like she was in good spirits, handled it well. She kind of just gave like a tilt of her head and smiled. But I feel like I'm seeing a lot of the women that also do this job attacking her. And it's unfortunate that like that position is reserved for women and, and women only get to do that in the broadcast. There's not as many women that get to call games. There's not that, that many that get to, you know, speak in the halftime show. They get to hold the mic and, and, and talk for uh, 30 seconds in between breaks and, and stuff like that. So uh, all I'm saying is, yes, she was, she was wrong. Uh, she embellished. But how much did she embellish? We don't actually know. Um, and I think people stretched it. Like Awful Announcing said, Carissa Thompson admits to completely making up NFL sideline reports. Completely? You can't completely make them up. Because if you completely made it up, we'd be like, that didn't happen in the game. That's that's not what happened. You, What are you talking about? So um, I think we'll, we'll play that audio at some point. Let me take a call here, and uh, we'll break. We'll come back with the Casamigos big shot and all that, and then we'll have um, like an hour or so to uh, wrap up the show. Avery's in St. Louis. What's up, Avery? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I, I just I, I find it very annoying that the number one thing I have to call you about right now is the New York Yankees. Over and over and over again, this, these stupid football teams can't win. What they so, do? <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you have to call about the Yankees because you're over it talking about the Giants and the Jets, and there's really... Exactly, exactly. Not much to go, not, not much over, to go over, not much to discuss. We're, we're still going to do it, though. It's a football Friday on the fan. You're going to hear every show talk about the same things. Well, at least Brian Cashman's keeping us entertained, if nothing else. Yeah, right on time, right on cue. It's just, it's just uh, aside from what, aside from the everything that happened last week with his report and the way he spoke to the media, the thing he said about Giancarlo Stanton, not just the fact that he said it, regardless of what he said today or yesterday or whenever it was when he corrected himself or made himself clear. The fact, you can't say that about your own player, especially when it's Yam, his agent is the agent of Yamamoto. And you're trying to go get Yamamoto. You know what and you it, have this reputation in that market in Japan with Japanese pitchers to bring them to the Bronx, and you're going and spoiling that? It's fine, it's fine. Yamamoto is not aware of it. It's not going to stop anything with Yamamoto. And what I said, Avery, is it was pulled from, like, without the context. You know, Brian Cashman said a bunch of other things about John Carlos Stan. And he was kind of flying off the cuff. He was kind of just, you know, defending himself and saying a lot of things. I think he might have worded it wrong. And when it got put in that Daily News article, it read terribly. For him to say getting hurt is part of his game, it sounds like an insult. But the truth hurts. It's the absolute truth. 
And I'm actually glad that Brian Cashman is acknowledging you can't expect this guy to stay healthy. It's year seven of John Carlos Stanton. Be prepared. Have a plan A, B, and C. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, also, um, congratulations to Garrett Cole. Cy Young, well-deserved. Yeah, it's the only thing we can hold up from this season. Like, our ace that uh, we paid all this money to that we weren't sure about in 2022 during the regular season, he showed us who he was in October, and then he had a bounce-back year where he won the Cy Young. Good for Garrett Cole. Yes. Also, uh, next, um, I'll go to football for just a second before I let you get to your break because uh, I don't really have much else to say right now. Uh, the Giants, I know people have different opinions on this. I just want them to tank. I want them to tank and get a good draft pick. That's all I want right now. Yeah, what else have I got to hope for? They're going sleeveless. <laughs> it's a tank. <laughs> they, they can tell you they can tell you all these other things about competing and players don't tank and uh, coaches don't tank and Tommy DeVito is come on bro no they're tanking I know a tank when I see one and uh, as for the Jets uh, regardless of everything that's happening with that team and I I it does still hurt me because well I was really hoping that Jets fans would get to have an exciting season this year in some way uh, so I still feel for them and uh, I am going to that Jets Black Friday game and I think that's going to be pretty fun <laughs> And fun how? Tell me how. Tell me what. In kind a of way, fun. well, I like football <laughs> games, and I think it's pretty cool. So everything else, I mean, with, with all due respect, uh, as a Giants fan, and with respect to my team, I mean, I like the talented players of the NFL, like the like Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa. Sure, you'll get you know? to see so Devin, kind of Devin Achan, and uh, you know, Tua got <laughs> some braids. He'll be styling on the sidelines. Thanks for the call, Avery. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's break it down. We'll come back with the Casamigos big shot of the night. Knock that out, and then we'll take your calls till two a.m. Keep McPherson on the fan. Back after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Well, in the end, it's the Knicks at land, Carmelo Anthony from Denver. And Amari Stoudemire happy that he's on hand. Stoudemire addressing the media today says the team will be hard to guard now, likes the idea of having that one-two punch. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Casamigos Big Shot of the Night is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Tonight's Casamigos Big Shot of the Night goes to our old pal, former giant, great Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. led the game with 116 yards receiving, only on four catches. He got hurt, though. Mark Andrews got hurt. A few guys got hurt in this game. Burrow got knocked out of the game, but ultimately, OBJ is back. I thought he was done. I thought he was washed. I thought he was cooked. He had a 51-yard play in this game, and uh, the Ravens go on to win 34 or 34-20. And uh, I don't know. They paid a lot of money to Odo Beckham Jr. for this one season in Baltimore, and we thought he might potentially be a Jet. Uh, I know last season we were thinking he could be with the Buffalo Bills or Cowboys, and uh, I think he's really going to help Lamar Jackson and – the Ravens down this stretch if he's healthy, especially if they're missing out uh, with their top target from last year and the years before, Mark Andrews at tight end. So it's a football Friday on the fan. We're going to definitely talk Jets and Giants. I've opened it up to calls around the Mets and the Yankees and hot stove offseason talk. Uh, let's take a call, and I will get to the Carissa Thompson audio. Oh, also, shout out to Rami Lavi for coming through with the information from before about the Oakland A's. So, Talking Baseball put out there that the Oakland A's won't have a permanent home from 2025 to 2027 because their lease to play in the Oakland Coliseum is up after 2024. The Vegas move is expected to happen in 2028. So, the A's plan to play their tri- play in their AAA park in Nevada. Um... Oracle Park in San Francisco, and I think somewhere else. So Sacramento, please tell me Sacramento is the other one. So I'm reading that article now. I said I'd get that information. I think I'd heard that during the season that, you know, they weren't going to leave Oakland the way they're leaving Oakland and then play in an empty Oakland Coliseum. They were already playing in an empty Oakland Coliseum. So once the, the Vegas move is official, why would they stay and why would they pay to be there. Um, This place is being built in Vegas for them. It's going to take a little while, but they have some alternatives of where they're going to play. And who cares? I mean, right now they are going through a change where they're losing their fans and they're going to have to gain new fans. It's going to take a decade for them to to get like a, a Vegas fan base. So I don't know. I'm not worried about that. I'm a Yankee fan. Alex is in New Haven. What's up, Alex? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. So I am a proud Yankee fan, and it's not because of our Cy Young Award winner, although I'm proud of that, and it's not because of our uh, Gold Glove shortstop. 
It's because our team captain, Aaron Judge, has won the Roberto Clemente Award mm -hmm. for being a good man. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love, I'd love to see Judge win that and uh, show up to the World Series. I, I love Roberto Clemente, his story, that award. I think Anthony Rizzo was also a recipient of, of that award. So, so yeah. we also have, uh, now we have two guys. We also have Rizzo and Judge, and they're best friends. Yeah, one other thing about the Yankees, and then I'll let you go. Not too much to say, but um, I think we should really make Juan Soto a priority. I love the way he plays. It's the he plays the Yankee way. He takes a lot of pitches. I think we should make him priority number well, one. You know, Jeff Passan came out there today to say that he believes the Yankees are the top suitor. Uh, he said fans should be excited and uh, that he thinks they have a really good chance to go out and get Juan Soto. He said that today. On um, ESPN, he said that today on Michael K's show. So if, if Jeff Passan, who is pretty legit, shout out to Jeff. I, I've run into yeah. Jeff a few times. If he's saying that, he's not saying that to just say it. I, I know a lot of times I say they use the Yankees for clicks, but I think the Yankees are doing their due diligence on it, and uh, I would love to see it happen. We we took some calls last night on fans trying to come up with John Sterling's Juan Soto home run call. Oh, yeah? yeah I, I missed mean, that. That would be great. We need a guy like that, and and if they can make that happen yeah. and they make Yamamoto happen, they don't need to make too much else happen in this offseason to get every Yankee uh -huh. fan, you know, back on board. Yep. All right, Keith, well, thanks for taking my call, and uh, have a good rest of your night. Thanks for the call, Alex. 877-337-6666. Yeah, I saw Talking Yanks post it, and I saw people online talking about, it, talking about it the quote was yankee fans should be excited because i think they've got a really good chance of going out and getting juan soto and then he said a bunch more on the michael k show um i'll get the the rest of what he says and uh read it to you i won't play it for you but i mean i don't know I, the thing about the off season and the hot stove especially with twitter now and social media and all these fakes and people that pretend to be Jeff Passan and pretend to be insiders or even guys like John Heyman who was on with Sal today talking about, yeah, you know, I thought I knew. I thought it, it seemed like to me Judge was going to San Francisco and people take what I say to the bank. Like you, no one really knows. And I try not to get my hopes up. I try not to set my expectations too high. I'm not expecting anything because the last few years, what do we get? Carlos Rodon, Josh Donaldson, you know? So whatever they do, they do. I don't want to start thinking that we're getting Matt Olson again. And you saw how that went. Matt's on Long Island. What's up, Matt? You got it. Hey, Keith. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Yeah, not the third in that game I was going in for, but tough sucks for Mark Andrews lost. Joe Bear. I feel like everybody's injured this year in the NFL. It's like, oh my God. It's a like, war out there. It's a battle. It's a rough I mean, game. It's a, it's a physical game. I know that, but like, Deshaun Watson after the season, Mark Andrews, like, it's tough for these players. Like, Nick, Nick Chubb right injured. away. Um, you know, guys guys get hurt in the NFL. They're, they're out there mashing, and I feel like guys are getting bigger, stronger, faster every year. Yeah, I, I could see that too. I think it's just, oh, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm, I don't know, just, I feel like it's way up this year for some yeah. reason. Yeah, and they're trying to make the game safer. You don't really see kick returns. And, uh, you know, I, I really, like, after seeing Logan Wilson drop Mark Andrews like that and his season ending right there and the Ravens potentially could be a Super Bowl team, I, I almost guarantee you they revisit that hip drop tackle because it happened to Tony Pollard. And that knocked the Cowboys out. The Cowboys didn't have a running game in the playoffs once they lost 
Tony Pollard. So I think yeah, they're gonna, a couple they're gonna, of years they're gonna be they're gonna be more rules on this. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're gonna take that out of the game. You're not gonna be able to tackle a guy and drop down like that. And like he cranked his ankle, yeah. and that was it. Yeah, yeah, I just want to make my year. I mean, the Jets. I keep saying it, but I don't know. I think it's got to start. You got to go out, be aggressive against this Bills team. And I keep saying the play calling's got to change. Do some big trick plays, honestly. Get throw the field down deep. I mean, you can take advantage of Bill secondary. I mean, look what the Giants did. They held the Bills to 16 points. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But, you know, I feel like if you get the ball, maybe get uh, Dalvin Cook more involved. Like you keep saying what the Steelers did the other week. Get Brees Hall. Man. Get more players involved. The, the Jets have played the well against the Bills the last couple of years. They beat them this year. It shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to go and I beat know, the Bills not. when they're reeling right now. You know? The Giants held them to 14 points, and that game was close at half and close at the end. The Bills are a 500 football team. The Jets should be 500 or better. It's only Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall making plays. I mean, maybe that's why your offense is so limited, because you get two guys on a loving man field. They're switching up the tight ends. Uh, I think you're going to see Brownlee, Xavier Gibson, they're trying to get involved. Maybe Zach will be more inclined to run the ball and make plays with his legs. Um this is it. This is this week is it for this season. Yeah. If they lose this week, you're on to next year. Quickly. Yeah, just want to make I feel like you have looking at your Cowboys. Listen, I said I'm a Giants fan, but Cowboys are a good team. I really think they have a good shot at the NFC East. I mean maybe I'm just I think they're playing well, really good football. I just look at the Eagles schedule. It is gonna be brutal for them. Going to Kansas City, even Buffalo is gonna give them a challenge or oh, whatever. Don't Denver's I know it. I'm I'm monitoring it closely. They gotta play the Chiefs. Re- they gotta play they- I really yeah. Go ahead. I really think the Cowboys, I'm going to look at these games, be a, uh, Carolina this weekend, Washington. That will be not. That will be a close game, not people say, next week against Washington when they beat the Giants and Florida. I still think you win. But I think it's going to come down to Week 14 and Jerry World. I think the Cowboys do that. I think they're going to be fine. I mean, I'm not sure, but I just think the Eagles, it's going to be a gauntlet of a schedule, and I don't think they're winning Arrowhead. They're already banged Dude. up. Jalen Hurts has been banged up with the knee. You were just talking about how this year injuries are up. If they lose a guy like an A.J. Brown, they just put their linebacker, N'Kobe Dean. I mean, Dallas Goddard's injured, too. Dallas Goddard's hurt. N'Kobe Dean just went on the IR. They have to go face the 49ers, who are trying to get right now. Uh, they have a game against the Bills. The Cowboys have a bunch of get-right games, starting with the Giants game they just had. They, they got off their feet in the third quarter. They got the Panthers this week. The Commanders on Thanksgiving. The Seahawks after that. that. And then they host the Eagles in Jerry World. It is literally all right in front of them. If the Cowboys do not figure out how to beat the Eagles on December 10th, then you you definitely write them off as frauds and you could forget about it this season. But if they do beat the Eagles, then they have a matchup three weeks later against the Lions. And that's going to tell you all you need to know. It's like, all right, if you beat the Eagles, you beat the Lions. It's just... The, the Cowboys and the uh, the Niners. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't really want it. that rematch three times in a row, but could you imagine if that ends up being the NFC Championship? Yeah, I know. I just want to say the Lions, they're an interesting team because I feel like they play very well. They got good mix. They're running game. They're all, but they can be beaten. I mean, the Ravens just blew them out. They're young, too. I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I feel like it could be a one and done because the, the experience-wise. Yeah, and that's why we watch. Nobody knows. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, week to no, week no matchup league. And, yeah, we'll we'll see when we get there. Thanks for the call, Matt. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I've died hard every year since I was in the second grade. Like 
That's how old I was when they won the last Super Bowl. I'm not a delusional fan. You've heard me talk about it. Like, I'm, I'm just loyal, right? I'm loyal to myself. Like, I, I was not going to come into WFAN and pretend to be a Giants fan. And I damn sure wasn't about to put on a Jets hat and pretend to be a Jets fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. It is what it is. But when I get on the mic and I talk about them, I, I've been honest. I've been truthful. I haven't picked them in the playoffs the last couple years. I, I didn't pick them against the Eagles a couple weeks ago. I told you they were going to beat the Giants by 20, maybe 30. Um, here we go. Right, The Cowboys have Dak Prescott playing at an MVP level. CeeDee Lamb looking like the best receiver in the league after Richard Sherman called him out. Dumb. Remember the night I was talking about that? Remember the night I was talking about how I don't like how these players are, like these former players are attacking these players in the NFL now. Like there should be some type of brotherhood of code. And I talked about Richard Sherman calling out CeeDee Lamb like three, four weeks into the season. And then even Steve Smith talking about Jerry Judy. Oh, you're a tier three receiver. And if anybody calls and asks about me, I'm going to say not to trade for you. Bro, relax. relax. There was somebody else I was talking about. I'm like, these guys take it too far as former players. Oh, it was um, Dante Whitner was talking about Dak. Dak sucks. Saying Dak sucks after the 49ers game. Bro, pump your brakes. They resurfaced the video of you playing for the Redskins getting stiff-armed by Dak early in his career, late in your career. I think it's super weird when these former players that know what it's like, right? Like, listen to WFAN. Tiki Barber and Boomer Esiason, they don't ever say really a bad word about any players because they were them. There's got to be a code. There's got to be a brotherhood. There's got to just be like a just like a, a way to look out for your fellow NFL player and not drag a guy off of a bad week or a bad start. 877-337-6666. Let's go to Rob and Corum. Hello, Rob. Hey, Keith. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. You got it. I got a, this could be a fun one, all right? I got a question. Do you think the Athletics would change their name? And if so, what do you think it could be? Oh, I thought about that. They should be the Vegas Aces. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they got the A's, and why not rebrand? I Like, change from the, the A's to the Vegas Aces. <laughs> and they could still be the A's, absolutely. And they could still right, cool. have a nickname as of the A's. I think, that, I think this is going to be great. Like, I love baseball, and I love going to ballparks. I've been to 16 ballparks. I've never been to Vegas in my life. I would love to go see the Yankees play a, a weekend series against uh, the Vegas A's, the Vegas Aces in like, I don't know, five years. And yeah, that, spend a that's weekend really one heck of a ballpark, too. Yeah, I, 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 and it's going to be state-of-the-art. It's going to be brand new. It's going to be the newest ballpark in baseball. I'm looking forward to it. I understand the whole Absolutely. thing with Oakland. and they, you know, they sold Oakland as rooted in Oakland, but whatever. The Raiders left. Um, even the Warriors relocated to San Francisco, so it's just it is what it is. This is um, it's business. Yeah, it is. All right, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making the call. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I want to take this call right now, but I want to preface it. Speaking of business, let's get down to business tomorrow. Harrisonburg, Virginia, Madison, James Madison, the Fighting Dukes of JMU. That's where I spent the first two years of my college life. That's where I signed my letter of intent. Back when people weren't talking about James Madison University. When it was the best kept secret on the East Coast. A beautiful campus with a bunch of beautiful girls and great sports. 
and a football team that won the national championship and offered me a full-ride scholarship to play quarterback. I'm like, of course. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And now to see what they've become and to see the ruling that went out and to see Pat McAfee today. I'm watching Pat McAfee's show, and they're talking about it. I'm like, this is nuts. This is crazy what it's gotten to. This is the third time college game day is going to Harrisonburg, Virginia. They're going to be on the quad. My sophomore year, I lived on the quad. I, I can't even fathom this. I took classes on the quad. I hooked up with girls that lived on the quad. Now they're setting up college game day. Th those kids are going to show out. Alumni are going to show out. And they have to show out because the NCAA made a ruling. And uh, it sucks. But they said that there's... No postseason waiver request for James Madison University, Jacksonville State, and Tarleton State. They were rejected. The NCAA Division I Board of Administration Committee made the final decision, and uh, they're not going to let the undefeated Dukes of JMU, they're 10-0. The undefeated Dukes of JMU could be eligible for a bowl and uh, could play a, a bigger school, and they've knocked off so many bigger schools. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat UVA and they're, they're really building that school into a powerhouse, man. I love to see it. I have friends that stayed and graduated. I, I transferred out. I made a life decision to leave, but, like, my heart is still there because as a senior in high school, they recruited me, offered me. I, I went down there, and that's where I chose to go to college and to see what JMU has become. I love it, and I hate that in year two of them taking the step to be FBS or, you know, 1A, not 1AA, they're not going to get a chance to – compete in a bowl game. So I tweeted out today, I said, just go undefeated and hang another national champions banner at Bridge Force Stadium. Chris is in Nashville. What's up, Chris? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. Love that. Love that passion. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. This is my yearly JMU call to you. Mm -hmm. And this is the most important one. We're number 18 in the AP. And I know yep. I'm preaching to the choir here. Go ahead. 21 in the coaches. 21 in the coaches poll. And some archaic rule is keeping JMU out of not only a bowl game, but the potential to play in a college football playoff game where they're going to let a one-loss, two-lane team in, all because of some archaic rule. And as you alluded to earlier, Pat McAfee, I can't wait till he gets on campus today. Um, he's going to absolutely eviscerate them. We got my old rugby teammate, PFT commenter, being the guest picker on Saturday on game day. He's ready to eviscerate them. What I want to know from you is, do you think after, on Thursday, the Virginia Attorney General, they retained one of the top antitrust law firms in Virginia who sent notice to the NCAA that if we don't hear back from you by noon on Friday, we're filing legal action in the Western District of Virginia against the NCAA based on antitrust laws because you are essentially creating a monopoly with P5 programs and keep it down the little guy who has half, less than half of the operating budget of the Tennessees, of the Texases of the world. So I want to hear what your thoughts are. Do you think game day is going to have a, a change and impact on this decision? Do you think yeah. this lawsuit, the threat of a lawsuit is going to, I mean, we're running what, out of time. What, here. We got what does left. the NCAA have? Like, what are they protecting? What are like? What do they have to stand on? What is this for for them? What do they gain? They gain so much more by saying, "Okay, James Madison, you've built your university up into this juggernaut. Go ahead." 
They got to apply exactly. pressure on them, and that's why they're bringing College Game Day back to Madison. That's why they're bringing Pat McAfee, and Pat McAfee was talking about it. He's like, it's just another stupid rule, and you know what? The NCAA has been bending. They have been changing. This is another rule that needs to be changed, and the more people that talk about it, I've been talking about it, you're calling in to talk about it, the more likely they are to, to really get together and say, we got to change this. It's unfortunate that there are people that just have power trips and they have these rules that they make, and they said the rules are the rules, and we're just going to stay. But for what? Explain it to me. What do you gain by standing on this and keeping this stance? I don't understand it either, Keith. This is this would be such an easy, easy PR win for the NCAA. They were backed into a corner with Walker from UNC, and, and they had to let him play. But it's still, it was a good move for them by, by bending and breaking to UNC, by letting this kid play. And I, it, for the life of me, I can't fathom. At this point, I think it's just pride. Hey, we already denied your waivers twice. We're, we're, we're sticking our stake in the ground, and we're not budging. Um, but I, I really hope that this gains even more national attention, and uh, they got to be stopped because this is antitrust. This yep. has that written all over it. I think they and, can uh, be stopped, and then the boys got to handle business and go 11-0 and and beat App State. Thanks for the call, Chris. I remember being at App State in the playoffs my sophomore year, and my boy Jamal Sullivan, sorry for throwing you under the bus, Jamal. Jamal fumbled the ball, and we ended up losing that game. That bus ride home sucked. All that sucked. 877-337-6666. I got one hour left. Call me up. Let's talk sports. BRB. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.